things, and here he comes. Okay, uh, tighten your seat belts. Yeah. All right, good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's good to see you all today. New faces and old faces. I'm just as happy for, for both of those crowds, by the way. So, we're, I mean, uh, familiar faces. <laughs> familiar faces. You know, I was going to make the, the point that uh, Wednesdays for Blueprint, you know, we have pretty much a younger crowd. We have the young adult crowd, I guess you would say. You know, that's just the way it is. It's not exclusive. And I was going to say, you know, but we do occasionally have some older folks that come, kind of like Vincent. And <laughs> no, but, uh, but I just was going to mess with them, but I didn't get the chance. So it's all good. Anyways. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 32 today, and the title of today's message is called Wrestling with God. So, you know, it's interesting. Um, are you aware that there was a man who literally wrestled with God in the Bible? Not only did he wrestle with God, but it says that he prevailed against him. And that's interesting because it makes me think, you know, how is it that a man could prevail against God? There's only two, two options there, I think. Either the God he was wrestling isn't really God, or it was a God who wanted to be prevailed against, who had a purpose in it. And I think that's, that's what we're going to see. So we're going to be looking at the story of Jacob and, uh, and what took place in his life and how he had this, actually this third encounter with the Lord in his life. And what we're going to see that Jacob, who was probably in the, one of the most fearful times in his life, looking at going and meeting his brother, who last time he saw him had vowed to kill him. He had swindled everything away from his brother, his birthright, his inheritance, his blessing, you know, and then bounced out. That means took off. And uh, Esau was not very happy with him. So Jacob is having to go back and face his brother, and he's, he's afraid. And it's very obvious. But we're going to see in this story that there are times, I believe, where we need to, just like Jacob did, we need to wrestle with God. There are times where we need to understand that, or what the outcome of wrestling God will be, and that we need to be wrestling for God, not against God. And I'll come back to those statements. So I'm going to go ahead and read verses uh, 22 through 31 for us. It starts by speaking of Jacob. And he rose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone. And a man, capital M, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he, this man, touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let go of me, for the day breaks. But Jacob said, I will not, or I will not let you go until you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, Tell me your name, I pray. And he said, Why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. 
So Jacob called the name of the place uh, Peniel. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. So it's very interesting. Um, a little bit of, of background on Jacob. You know, he's a, he's a twin. He was born with his brother Esau. And his name is Jacob, which means supplanter, or there's, there's different translations. But even as they were born, he, you know, reached out and grabbed his brother's heel. And then there was a time where his brother came home hungry, and he, you know, Jacob's sitting there, and he's making soup, and his brother says, hey, give me a bowl of soup. And his brother says, no, not unless you give me your birthright. So Esau sells his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of soup. Either that was some good soup, or he was really hungry, one of the two. And then later, as his father is aging and is about to pass away, um, his father calls for Esau, and he's going to give him the father's blessing which is greater for the oldest son. And so his mother takes him, and Esau's a hairy guy, so hairy that Jacob wraps goat skin on his arms because his father, you know, is, can't see very well. So he rubs his arm and says, well, you must be my son, and he blesses him. And Jacob has now stolen Esau's birthright and stolen his father's blessing. And so Esau, wanting to kill him, he flees to his uncle's territory, and he's there for years and years, and he takes two wives and gets to a point where God tells him, it's time for you to go back. It's time for you to go back to uh, your place, to the country uh, where you came from. And twice already, Jacob has had an encounter with God. The first time on the way to his, his uncle's, he had a dream where God spoke to him. And he said, if this God, the God of my father is willing to keep me, to preserve me, and to bring me back, I'll make him my God and my family's God, and I'll give him a tenth of everything. And then right before the story that we're reading now, as Jacob is coming back towards his brother, he is met there by a couple of angels. And we don't have much description, but there's this encounter where God has sent his angels there to Jacob. And now we have this man who we know at the end of the story where he says, I have seen God face to face. We have this man, this representative of God in the flesh, a pre-incarnate Christ, maybe, who is wrestling with Jacob. So, in verses 9 through 12, there's actually this point where as Jacob is going to see his brother, he does something very wise. Now, Jacob, up to this point, is somebody who has gotten away with everything in his own power, right? He's tricked his brother. He's tricked his father. He's kind of done what he could to get by. But now he's coming to a situation where he doesn't really feel like he can do that. And I don't know about you, but I've found myself in many situations where suddenly I realize I'm not getting through this on my own. I don't have the power, the resources, the smarts to make this happen for me. And he does something very, very wise in verses 9 through 12. Then Jacob said, O God of my father, Abraham, and God of my father, Isaac, the Lord who said to me, return to your country and to your family, and I will deal well with you. He says, I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. 
For I crossed over this Jordan with my staff. But now I have become two companies. You've increased me so much. Verse 11, deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come and attack me and the mother with the children. For you said, God, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. So we can see the type of fear that he has of his brother. We can see that he understands his weakness but we also see him doing the greatest thing anybody could ever do, which is humbling himself before the Lord and saying, Lord, you said, you said you'd protect me. You said you'd bring me back. You said you'd multiply me. And one of the, the one things I love about when Pastor Mark takes our, our praises and our prayer requests is he always goes back to the word and says, Lord, you said. And that's how we need to pray. Side note, but suddenly, after he's prayed this, so this is the same night, so it's, it's nighttime, he's praying to the Lord, I need you to deliver me, and the same night now, he's sending his family and everything he has over this brook, and it says, and suddenly he was alone. And we don't know why he, he stayed alone. Maybe he was wanting to pray again. That's what I would think. I'm not sure. But it says, there God appears as a man. And suddenly, they're in a wrestling match. And not only are they wrestling, but he wrestles with him all night long, even until, uh, until the sun rises. So it says in verse 24, Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. So he's there, he's wrestling with God. And then verse 25, Now when he saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched the socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. So now the sun is rising. And this man, all he does is touches this guy's hip. And it dislocates. Now this is pretty interesting. Because now Jacob is tired. As far as he hasn't had any sleep. He's physically exhausted. I don't know how many of y'all have ever wrestled or been in a real fight, or anything like that, it doesn't take very long to get really, really tired. You know, when I was training for MMA, we would, we would have five-minute bouts where you would wrestle for one person after the next, for one, one person for a minute, and then they'd get up, and another person for five minutes straight, and you thought you were dead afterwards. Okay, I remember. This guy was wrestling with God all night long. He's tired, he's physically exhausted, and now he's crippled going to face his brother, so who has threatened to kill him. So now, if he didn't think he was capable before, now the dude's really jacked up. Now he really is in bad shape. And there is literally nothing this man would be able to do to defend himself. So in his weakest moment, in one of his most fearful times, he is still not willing to let go of God. He's still hanging on. You know, it's interesting. It says that the angel or, or this man, how the Bible calls it, did not prevail against him. Yet he busted his hip with a touch. That's not very easy to do, to dislocate a hip. That's difficult. 
It's painful. Let me ask you something. If this guy could dislocate his hip with a touch, do you think he would have really had any trouble prevailing against Jacob? No. Right? This, this is not a lack of physical ability here. Okay? But God was testing Jacob, and he's using this time to form something in him, to form Jacob into a, a man of greater faith of greater humility, of meekness, of trusting God rather than himself. Because Jacob had always done things his own way. How many of us hear that and think of ourselves? Don't raise your hand. But, you know, I spent a long time, you know, knowing God and still trying to do things my own way. And it was a lot of heartache and a lot of trouble. So we've already talked about what some of those things were, the way Jacob tried to swindle his way through life. But now Jacob is going to go out before his brother and his 400 men, it says at the beginning of the chapter, and he cannot trust in anything he has. So he wrestles with God all night. Now he's in pain. He still does not let go. He keeps wrestling. Verses 26 through 27. And he said, let let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. So finally, after all this wrestling, the sun is rising. Jacob's crippled. The source of his fear and uncertainty, his brother and these 400 men, they're drawing closer and closer to him and his family. Finally, this man tells Jacob, it's time to let go. What does Jacob say? I will not let go until you bless me. I am not letting go. Now he's hurt, he's crippled, and he's still hanging on. That's bad. Not me. I would have let go a long time ago. And in verse 28 and 29, he says, the man tells Jacob, your name shall no longer be Jacob, said Planter, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. You know, it's interesting. There's another place in the Bible where um, uh, Samson's mother or father, I can't remember which one, sees the Lord. The Lord appears to them, and he says, what is your name? And the Lord tells him, why is it that you ask my name? Seeing that it is wonderful. So there's so many clues here. Let us know that this is the Lord himself wrestling with Jacob. So Jacob, or so he, he's, he says to Jacob that he has wrestled with God and with man, and he prevailed. But again, if this man is so powerful to dislocate his hip with a touch, to command him to change his name, how is it that Jacob prevailed against him? Let me ask you, if someone walked up to, your, to you on the street and said, what is your name? He goes, oh, my name is Bailey McKinney. He goes, no. Now it's Jeffrey. Bailey would be like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Have a nice day, right? This this is not a, again, this is not an issue of, of authority or of power. But he prevailed against this, uh, against the Lord here because God's purpose for Jacob's wrestling was for Jacob to be blessed. God's purpose in putting him through this struggle was for him to be blessed. 
God's purpose was for, in Jacob being persistent, for him to prevail and to receive what he was asking. You know, there's a, there's a parable in, in the Gospels where Jesus says, you know, basically, um, a man receives some company late at night, and he's out of bread. And so he go knock, goes and knocks on his neighbor's door, and the guy doesn't want to get up. And so he knocks again, the guy doesn't want to get up. And he knocks again, and the guy doesn't want to get up. And finally, his neighbor, just because this guy won't quit knocking on his door, the, fine, the guy finally gets up and says, here, take your bread and go. You know? And the point of the story is if, if, a, if a man who isn't interested in your good is willing to do that because of your persistence, how much more will God be who loves you and whose purpose in your struggles is to bless you? How much more will the Lord reward those who are persistent in grabbing on to the Lord, grabbing on to his promises, crying out to him, and not letting go until God moves in their life? God's purpose was to bless Jacob, and he needed him to be persistent to receive it. Verses 30 and 31. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. He says, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Penuel, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip. So it's very interesting. Jacob receives the blessing he was looking for. He's received now a new identity from the Lord. just as we all do in Christ. But he also goes on as a new man with a new name and a bolder faith. And what happens is he ends up gathering his family. So before now, first he sent seven companies ahead of him with gifts to his brother, saying maybe my brother will see these seven gifts and not kill me. That'd be good, right? And then he even takes his family. He sends his family over ahead of him. And he's coming behind his servants and behind his wives and children. Not a real courageous dude, right? Not real courageous. Yet after this experience with the Lord, weaker than he could could possibly be to fight somebody. If we read on, you find out he then gathers his family. He goes on ahead of them and has them walk behind him. So we start to see a little bit more faithfulness. We start to see a little bit more boldness in Jacob as he goes to meet his brother, a man with a new name. But what we find is when he finally sees his brother, this man who had threatened his life, he, he runs, he grabs him, he kisses him, he hugs him, he accepts him. And I'll go ahead and read it just so you understand what I'm saying. But Esau ran to him. It won't be up on the board, I apologize. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. And he lifted his eyes and saw the women and children and said, whose are these with you? So he speaks to them of his family. And he even tries to, or in verse 9, Esau even says, I have enough, my brother. All those gifts you sent me, keep them. I don't need them. I just, I love you. I'm glad to see you. And then even in verse 12, this journey, Esau, who was his mortal enemy, is now saying, let us go on our journey, and I will go before you. And God had blessed 
Jacob for his persistence. And he had changed the heart of his brother. And now his brother is going before him. He's protecting him. And all of Jacob's fears that were keeping him up all night have been vanquished. Because the Lord is faithful to his promises. But while it's good to wrestle with God, I want to make a point. There's also a time for us as Christians to submit. Now, this isn't necessarily in the story. I'm just going to, I just want you to think about what I'm saying. Notice it said that as he crossed over, Now, I wonder, this whole night of wrestling with God, I wonder how much of this was really Jacob's persistence and how much of it was really just stubbornness because he was beat long before he started. And he even told him to let go and he wouldn't. But, you know, God was there to bless him to begin with. That was his purpose for this. So I just, this is just my own thoughts, Okay. I wonder how much was persistence and how much was really just stubbornness. See, Jacob wrestled with God far past what was reasonable. Even as his hip was dislocated, even as, as he was hurt, when he was commanded by God to let go, he wouldn't because he wanted to be, to be blessed. And like I said, I believe God was already there to bless him either way and that he was just unwilling to submit to God and that that was partially his own hard head and it could be like I said this is this is my own just food for thought okay it could be that it was actually his unwillingness to submit that God allowed him to walk with a limp into his blessing rather than submitting and receiving God's blessing without the extra pain and I say that because I look at my own life, and I look at how many times God has had been working things in my life and where he was leading. I look back, and I'm like, well, that was clear as day. At the time, it wasn't. Looking back, you know, it's so obvious that God was shepherding me and wanted to bless me, and he was pulling me and drawing me into greater things. But, man, I was so stubborn that he really had to beat me up and rip my, rip my life up a little bit for me to get the picture. And I often think back and wonder, how much smoother, how much easier it would have been if I would have just submitted to the Lord in the beginning and just received the blessing that he had for me. Now, God is faithful. And he used those struggles. He used those times where I wrestled with God. Rather, I wrestled with him in faith to receive. Well, rather, I wrestled with the word to see how is this true? How does it apply to my life? Or the times where I wrestled against him for my own way. God uses those things for the good. But when we wrestle against God rather than for God, it tends to hurt. And there's a better way. See, this is also a picture. Just that
the larger per- percentage is too stubborn to truly submit to the Lord and to receive his son, Jesus. But I say all this to say that we need to be willing to wrestle with God. When's the last time that you were in the word, that you were in prayer in such a way that you were convicted and you had to wrestle with something, where God was trying to press something on your heart and you... ...for understanding, for help, for, for you to be conformed to that. Like our brother here said, he needs, he needs help with his, with his tongue, right? The scripture says, let no unwholesome thing come out of your mouth, but only that which is necessary for edification, that will impart grace to those to hear. When's the last time we let one of those verses challenge the way we live? And we've wrestled with the Lord in prayer, saying, show me, change me. Because when we do, when we're willing to wrestle in that way, God is here to bless us, and he will, and it'll be for your good. And he'll start taking out the I have to do it to the Lord saying, I will do it. And that is his purpose for us. We need to be willing to wrestle with God. We need to be willing sometimes to be up all night crying out to the Lord and saying, Lord, I will not let go because I need you to bless me. Lord, I will not let go. I need you to do a work in my family's life. Lord, I will not let go. I need you. But we also have to know that it is God's will to bless us in that, that we can have confidence. And this is, we're, we're wrapping this up here, but I do want to read Hebrews eleven six 6 that says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, number one, and that he is a rewarder. That God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That is, again, Hebrews eleven six, And it is that hope of his goodness, of his power, and of his faithfulness that should give us the drive to wrestle with God in our doubts. That we can wrestle with God in his word asking for understanding. We can wrestle with God crying out for healing. We can wrestle with God and cry out for provision and for blessing. But we also, in these time of wrestling, we have to be willing to hear his voice and to accept his conviction and to submit to him. Because one thing prayer is not is getting God on your page. If that's what you think prayer is, you need to go back to the drawing board. Prayer is getting you on God's page. And if there's no submission, you're in a bad place. You ever had a dislocated hip? You don't want one. So we have to be careful that when we wrestle with God that we're wrestling for him, that we're wanting to know him more, we want to experience his goodness, to see his promises, that we're wrestling for God and not that we're wrestling against the Lord. Because I want you to understand that he wants to bless you. God wants to give you favor. He wants to show you that it is in your weakest point that he will be strongest. And he wants you to lean on him rather than your own strength. So what are you wrestling with in your life? I want you to say, don't don't run from it. Don't run from the things that God is doing in your heart. Don't run from the obstacles before you. Grab onto the Lord and wrestle for the fulfillment of what he's doing. 
because every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. And if he is speaking to you, if he has been speaking to you, if you feel his calling or his conviction, even right now in your heart, don't wrestle against him. Just submit and allow him to do what he needs to do in your life. this message and he wants to draw you in to cleanse you and to bless you and his promise is that Romans 10 9 says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is our Lord and believe in our heart that he raised from the dead you will be saved and it's that want it please forgive me and be the king of my life his promise is that he hears and that you're forgiven and that you're clean so lord jesus christ i thank you for your faithfulness and i thank you for bailey and his family that we get to rejoice and celebrate a baptism today as he enters into your kingdom forever lord in the name of jesus christ we pray